teams we cover in Kansas City, it was the ultimate challenge being down 10 points midway through the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, or by nine points with two minutes remaining in the NCAA championship game. Now the challenge is different, bigger. Seasons and championships have been disrupted or canceled. What are the athletes doing during the coronavirus pandemic? It's Monday, March 23rd, and on today's Sports BKC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast, Sam Mellinger and Sam McDowell spoke to what's happening with athletes in our region. They also talked about what some Kansas City folks, probably big fans of the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the colleges, are doing to help their hometown manage through this health crisis. Melly and Sam Mack and so many others at the Star have written some amazing stories. Some of them are part of the show notes here. So here are Sam Mellinger and Sam McDowell talking about what they've seen and written over the past few days. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and toward the end, I asked them about the switch they've made from writing about spring training and free agency to what they're doing now. Here we go. I'll tell you guys, I can remember in the in the old Star building, uh, if you went upstairs, kind of around the corner from the, the cafeteria, there was that, we have the frame Norman Rockwell photo of you know, remember the the guy, the the worker rolling up his sleeves, holding some blueprints in his hand, and it was the it was the spirit of Kansas City. And I thought about that image over the last I don't know ten, twelve days. And as I um, as, as I go around town, and also as I as I read stories in the Star about how Kansas City is helping uh, manage this coronavirus crisis. Um, Look, I think every I think every city prides itself in in being you know a good place and a helpful place and pulling together in times of need. But um, but I know that you guys experienced both of you guys experienced firsthand and witnessed some of those some of those moments. Sam McDowell, let, let's start with you. Um, you 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 had some. Uh, we kind of went on a little tour of this last week and wrote about it. And we will, uh, of course, link to the story here in the, um, in, in the, in the show notes, but you, you, you came across some pretty interesting people doing some pretty great things. Um, why don't you, uh, why don't you start by telling us about uh, Mark Gonzalez? Yeah. Um, Mark Gonzalez, actually a, a friend of, of, of Lisa Lopez who works in our newsroom. Um, and it, it seems like everybody, it, it's sort of a Kevin Bacon deal is somehow knows Lisa Lopez. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that, that we should probably start by, by telling a little bit about his childhood. He's, he's a guy that grew up one of three kids, a single mom and said that, um, you know, she didn't have a car. The bus stopped didn't stop all that close to, to their place in the, the quote unquote little Mexico district of Kansas city. So, uh, she got home from late from work because she walked to work and she'd get home so late that, um, you know, it was after the kid's bedtime and, and they'd often go without dinner. So he taught himself to cook on the nights that she was home. He would watch her cook and figured out how to make tacos, burritos, enchiladas, and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, so he made a business out of it. And, uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's a sort of a, a street taco business goes to events, weddings, things like that. And obviously all that's shut down. Um, but he's just a guy that, that sort of has never lost that impulse to, to try and do whatever he can to help. And, um, what he can do right now is, is make these burritos that he's been making and, and just deliver them to, to people right now that are too afraid to leave their house. 
that are too susceptible to the virus um, or, or to the worst parts of the virus anyway. So people like the elderly, um, and he's just delivering them to, to people's houses. It's a really cool thing. He's doing a big load uh, today as we talk on Monday. That's great. That, that's great. And we're, listen, we're going to talk about what some of the some of the athletes, the professional athletes in Kansas City, are doing to to help this cause. But I, I I was just really struck by the you know just folks, right? Just people like us uh, who Absolutely. aren't. <laughs> professional athletes and and of course delivery of food is center to a lot of this and and Melly you um you, I was I was just struck by the story that you wrote that you followed a young woman who was doing some volunteer work for the Shepherd Center and the story that you wrote and the image that was captured I don't know if it was was it Tammy or Jill I don't know who took the photo Rich Sugg, um, yeah. was it Rich Sugg? okay great photo of yeah. You know, keeping a little social distancing, I guess, at the door. But uh, but T. Sexton was, you know, just doing her thing. She is a dang angel. Um, I mean, I don't I don't want to make too much of this or sound like I'm trying to exaggerate the point. I promise you, I'm not. You, you just you meet certain people who just like give off this vibe of complete selflessness and you know just pure of heart and intentions, and that's T. Sexton. Uh, the way she talks, um, the way she describes her motivations for doing these things. I mean, she um, maybe set the scene a little bit. She, she's a volunteer. She's the kitchen coordinator for Shepherd Center, which uh, provides meals for about 50 um, elderly folks around town who are homebound uh, without a way to, to get regular food otherwise. And, uh, you know, watching her go up to, in particular, this one door, where uh, there's this woman that she obviously knows, you know, and has obviously, um, you know, delivered meals to before. Uh, there's a big smile on this on this woman's face, uh, Mrs. Montaro. Uh, I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that name right. And, you know, it really looked like she wanted a hug, you know, and it really looked like T gives her that hug, you know, on, on a normal day, but she couldn't. And, and she stepped back away and just said, I can't. Um, but here's your food. And they talked for a little bit. And uh, me and Rich talked to Ms. Montaro afterward. And I, I didn't think about this part of it. Um, I mean, these people obviously need the food. We all need food to eat. We need, you know, sustenance in, in our lives. Um, but she has a lot of medication. She has arthritis, bad arthritis. And she takes some pills for it. And she can't take that medication until she has food. You know, so it's like these people are, are depending on this service for, you know, more ways than, than you might even, or that I even, um, thought about at the, at the, you know, on the, on the surface and, uh, you know, for them to, for, for a lot of them, it's the only human in interaction that they get in a week, you know, and, you know, there's obviously stresses on that kind of thing right now. Uh, Miss Montaro, I didn't ask her, her age, but she's probably in her eighties. Um, certainly at least in her seventies and would be absolutely classified as vulnerable. Um, you know, or the vulnerable population. So it's just, it, it's, it, it was really cool to know that those kinds of services are continuing and that the people who are making sure um, that they're taking extra steps to make sure it, it does continue. And I thought this was really cool too. I got a, an email from Janet Baker, who's the executive director at the Shepherd Center. And, uh, and she said, the email came in. I don't think the story was up for more than a few hours. 
And, and she said that they'd gotten $1,500 worth of donations um, already just in, you know, it was probably three hours or so uh, that the story had been up. And I think you, you said this, Blair, like Kansas City, we, we can think that we're unique, you know, um, and I, but I, I do know that there's a lot of there's a lot of good people everywhere. But, um, you know, Kansas City is a place that tends to, you know, rally for its own. It's just really cool to see that up, up front and personal. And that's one of the reasons I think it's pretty neat that um, that both of you guys are working on stories outside of sports. Uh, and because you know, I got to thinking of all the people that work in the sports department, I, I think this is right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you two are the only ones from here who grew up here. Um, if, oh, you know, quickly yeah, going I down. I think that's right. Um, now, look, I've oh, been here for 30 years and others have you know, been here quite a long time, but you guys, you guys are from here and I can't think of, you know, two better people to talk to about, you know, about what this town's about and what this region is about. And gosh, you know, we, you know, in, in better times, we, we have fun talking about our differences in the state line and, and, right. and, and, and border war and all that. But I don't, I don't see any of that. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't come close to seeing any of that in these, in these times. It's amazing how many uh, people have just posted something on – I think we probably all belong to some sort of Facebook group that has like a, a neighborhood association or things like that. I, I, I know my I am and a lot of my friends are. And it's just amazing how many people are just posting messages just how can I help? Like I want to do something to help. I don't know exactly what that looks like but um, I, I mean – uh, I know my neighborhood is is just doing sidewalk chalk to give the kids something to uh, to look forward to seeing, or um, you know we we've got a picture of a rainbow in our doorway to try and give people uh, or kids again uh, like a task to try and count that sort of thing. It's just like you just want to do something to to try and help people out, and I, I think both you just to echo what both you guys said. Um, I don't know whether that that's because this is Kansas City and that's unique because I did grow up here, but. Um, that certainly has always seemed like it's a, at least um, ingrained in Kansas City. Yeah, I'll tell you something else, Sam. In that story that you wrote, where you you talked to several people, uh, I was struck by the the vignette about the. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. The Denny family, the father and you know his yeah. three kids who who took him around exactly. and yeah, um, um, and and I the, the the one quote that really stood out to me was. Um, the dad saying, this is what he wants his kids to see, you know, this is, you know, we're in times of trouble and, you know, and this is what you can do to help, you know, this is how you can participate in, in, um, you know, in, in, in a good cause. And, and that just, I don't know, you know, Sam's got two kids. I've got three, you know, grown kids and, and, and Sam McDowell, you're about to become a father. That's the, I'll tell you, that's the type of quote that just gets to you. Yeah, I mean, what what was so impressive about that guy, uh, Rico, he goes by, his name's Clinton, but he goes by Rico. I mean, he's a barber in Raytown. Um, I don't know what his salary is, but, I, but I'm guessing a barber in Raytown isn't, you know, reeling in six figures or anything like that. And he still is just paying out of his own pocket to deliver groceries to uh, to the elderly and something that completely came out of his own volition. He wasn't asked to do it or anything like that. And you're exactly right. It was because he wanted to pass something like that on to his kids. Yeah. Look, it's, um, it, it, it's something, look, Hey, we're, we're sports writers and we, uh, we cover sports. Um, 
there's a lot going on in uh, with with professional athletes here in town. Nothing's happening on the field or the court, sadly, but uh, but stuff's going on in in uh, in other ways. Uh, I, I see where the Chiefs put out a tweet today. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. That uh, Travis Kelsey, Taran Matthew, Tyreek Hill were all um, you know there were shots of them with uh, with um, you know, delivering food. They're big in the harvesters. I know that's a big partner for for the Chiefs. And I think Will Shields was also part of the group of sh- photos that I saw, the Hall of Famer, former Chief. And uh, what other things have you guys seen with Kansas City athletes uh, kind of trying to do their part where they can around here to uh, to help people feel better? Well, I saw the, the Royals sent out a video. Um, Do you guys see this where I think, Salvador Perez started it with, uh, you know, washing his hands while singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game um, in, in the very Salvi voice. And uh, <laughs> that seems to have taken off. And, and you know, look, I, I don't know how many people aren't washing their hands and are going to watch that video and, uh, you know, and start because of that. Uh, if it's 10 people, that makes something of a difference. But I think it's just, um, you know, there's – there is something, it's not reassuring, but you know, there, there's something nice about just seeing the athletes that you follow on the field accept and be part of the community that you live in. And you know, I, I, I think for the most part, Chiefs players live, there's more Chiefs players that live in, in town uh, than Royals. But uh, you know, there, there's still a sense of, Whenever, whenever an athlete can can make it obvious that they feel a part of this community, uh, wherever they are, whether it's Kansas City or Indianapolis or Houston or New York or LA or whatever, uh, it, it, I do think it's better for everybody. Like, um, you know, this is a weird thing to believe as a sports writer, but um, I think sometimes we make too much of athletes. Um, you know that we don't need an athlete's opinion on politics or whatever. I mean, they're free to give it, but. Um, you know, the rest of us can be free to ignore it, but it, it, there is a platform there and there is, um, some value in seeing these people with huge followings and with a lot of respect around town, use it, use it in the right ways. I saw where Mitch Schwartz, the, uh, the, the all pro offensive lineman did a Twitter Q and a on yeah. Sunday. And that's, you know, look, that's not, uh, you know, delivering food or anything like that, but I, I look, we're all, we're all kind of shut in, right? Sure. We're all, uh, and and uh, and it got great response. He called it a Q and A, a quarantine and answer session, uh, <laughs> and uh, and sp- and answered a ton of questions. Uh-huh. I mean, a ton, and uh, most of them I think about food. You know, as yeah. much as many or as many about food as as uh, as football, which I thought was was pretty neat. Um, the one, can I interject real quick? The, sure. the one uh, he, he's done that a few times, and they're all great. Mitch is is smart. Uh, and he's funny. He's insightful. He's all these things. The, the one uh, question and answer there, or quarantine and answer, I guess, uh, that he said was somebody asked him um, something about Mahomes. Like, what's a story that you have of you know something that he did sort of behind the scenes? Did you see this? And he yes. said he said that uh, the night that Pat that Patrick won the MVP, that it was announced that he won the MVP. Mitch sent him a you know quick little text about you know congratulations, whatever. And he said within two minutes. Mahomes wrote back and said, you know, thank you and was gracious. And, uh, you know, just making the point that in that moment, in those two minutes, Mahomes must have gotten 
a hundred texts at least, and and to to sit there and and not just a teammate, but an offensive lineman um, to say, you know, make it a priority to say, thanks, man, you're part of this too. Uh, you know, that it's those. There's a million little things like that, but those are the types of things that um, you know his teammates love so much about him. It's just it's you know a cool thing to to be able to open the door and 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 let let fans see that as well. Absolutely. And, and speaking of the Chiefs, it's not just the players. Um, Sam McDowell, you caught up with uh, B.J. Kissel, our friend. And gosh, we've all, we've all known yeah. B.J. for such a long time. And um, and, and he spearheaded a uh, kind of a food drive himself, which sort of just grew organically and turned into something special. Yeah, unbeknownst to him, he was spearheading a, a movement um, <laughs> right. because he just wanted to, to feed like one shift of nurses at one hospital by him, uh, with, with, by catering Jack sack to him. And he basically posted on Facebook specifically just to try and get the question answered as far as, is this allowed? Because our hospital is allowing in food outside food right now. And how would this work? And, uh, when he did that, somebody who answered also said, Hey, I want to donate a couple hundred dollars to this cause. So he, his wife said, why don't you put it on Twitter, too, that you're doing this? And we all know he's got a huge following on his Chiefs account on Twitter, but he wanted to keep this personally separate from what the Chiefs are doing. Um, and I think he's got maybe 5,000 followers. And still, um, within four days, he had $15,000 in donations. And I haven't checked it today, but I wouldn't be surprised if that number is almost doubled. There's some organizations that wanted to get involved. He was combining with another effort. And um, so just – on Friday, so four days ago, they they delivered food to ten different hospitals, and um, I, I know you guys are probably the same way. I, I certainly have some friends who are nurses, um, uh, a sister in law who works at a hospital, and I mean those people are at the forefront of all of our thoughts because it, it's it's tough to protect themselves with the shortage of supplies right now. So um, it's a really cool thing and a, and a cool idea because we're all thinking of different people affected by this. And uh, to, just to be able to do something to, to help some of those people is a really cool thing. Yeah. Hey, I know we talked a little bit about this in a in a video conference that we had among the the sports staff today. I heard it was our buddy Pete Radhoff who said that he heard where Royals fans were putting together a, some sort of funding for um, ad- adopting a Royals minor leaguer because we know that uh, those, those guys, <laughs> if you're not on the forty man roster, you're you know, you don't have the same, you know, resources, financial resources, uh, as as the, those players who are on on the on the forty man. And um, the other thing we talked about that I thought was interesting, uh, and stories that we're pursuing is these players uh, are um, who who are missing their season now, but having to somehow stay in shape and be ready for uh, when the, when the season resumes. And I guess I, I didn't think about it. Sam McDowell in the way that you do because you covered sport in Kansas City for for so long but that's that's a pretty big challenge for those guys right now yeah that's what struck me most about that I mean certainly every athlete is going through that trial right now I mean football players at some point pretty soon I mean this is the time where they're trying to work out and and try to target something very specific we know last year Mahomes was, was trying to improve his body to 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 be less susceptible to injury. We know a year before he was, he was trying to lose some weight. Um, so I know football players are going through stuff. Basketball players are certainly doing some things, but when soccer comes back, whenever that is, 
those guys have to be in such amazing fitness um, that I, I've always thought is as peak fitness as perhaps any other sport. But that takes them six uh, weeks of a preseason to get to that point and be ready for the season um, and to suddenly not be able to train because MLS has, has, has banned training during this time, um, to not even be able to train. A, you know, I'm, I'm curious to figure out, and we're going to be working on a story this week, to exactly what they're doing to, to try and stay in shape for when the season does return. I think about baseball players and timing, right? For with, sure. Uh, you know, with, with hitters and, and especially if gathering places like Mackensites or Building Champions, the, the places around town are having to limit people because of the because of orders, and uh, I don't know how that's, you know, I don't know how that's going to affect them. And are, are, will they resume spring training, or, or will there be some sort of uh, when when this comes back? How will that look? I don't think any of us know the answer to that now, do we? I, I think they're going to have to do some sort of spring training again because their season hasn't started. I think the difference in MLS is their season started. It would be tough to go back and do a couple of exhibitions. Um, I don't know whether Sam knows more about that, but I, I just I find it difficult to believe that they would just get right into playing games. No, I I, I would think that there would have to be at least two weeks, um, you know, after whether it's a CDC or whoever says okay, you know, big groups are allowed again. I would think that I, I would think this is one of those things that owners and players could agree on, you know, just for the for the betterment of of the quality of the product that um, that they would need a maybe you could get through in 10 days uh give every starting pitcher two starts but um i i would think you'd need about two weeks um before guys would be comfortable you know competing in games that matter right hey we, we mentioned uh, a little while ago mitch schwartz doing his uh, q a on twitter did either of you guys check out what bill self was doing on sunday that was great I'm, yeah I'd, yeah i looked through it a little bit um i didn't watch the game but um th- there was some great insight in there you know everything from you know like uh, kind of, and especially in the spirit of it, kind of jokingly criticizing guys, you know, you got to make that <laughs> right. shot, you know, stuff like that, bad call. Um, you, right. know, and then he, there was, you said brain and rush actually dribbled with his left hand once that, I yeah. thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing you said. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there was also just little stuff like, um, you know, God, college basketball was so good that year. Um, you know, we were the number one seed, but we were the lowest rated number one seed. So that meant we got the wor- worst hotel. <laughs> four teams. I wonder what the hotel was. But, uh, it was great. It was. I mean, it was really. It was an Airbnb shared with Herbie. I think probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just all the pancakes delivered that that you could eat. But it, it really. I mean, for for those of us that um, you know, Blair, you're like this too. Like that that have talked with Bill, um, you know, extensively and sometimes casually or whatever. I mean, it really felt like you were just next to him on the couch, and this is just what was coming out of his mouth. Yeah, it was, it was, it was entertaining. And I, I didn't realize he was doing it until yeah. I think Gary Bedore tweeted it. And, uh, and so I turned the game on and, and, and followed it along with, and not just he, but some former players got involved too. I, uh, Scott Pollard mm-hmm. and, uh, Mario Chalmers, I think pitched in and, um, there was, uh, it was, it was entertaining. I know the Kansas fans were, were pretty, pretty stoked about it. I, but I'll tell you. So I watched most of it, and I'd seen the game. I've watched replays of the game. I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to spending a whole lot of time on the other championship games that CBS, you know, was uh, felt compelled to show on on Sunday. And I imagine they're going to continue to do that. 
Uh, what else are they going to show on, you know, on, on, on Sundays the, these days and right. in sports? So, um, hey, so what um, uh, I wanted to ask both you guys, um, we, we, we're not we're not writing much about we're not writing anything about competition and games. But and, and you guys have also stepped away from from sports writing uh, for a time. What's that been like? And, and is it um, uh, I guess you have to apply a lot of the same, you know, fundamentals right uh and thoughts and ideas just not without a you know without balls and sticks and um uh and other sporting apparatus to write about well uh, for me it's um sounds weird uh because this is literally like all i've ever done um but i haven't felt like it's that much of a change like and and what i mean by that is um i've always been a sports writer but in my mind I've always just been writing about what I'm interested in because what I'm interested in is sports, right? And, you know, this last week, two weeks, whatever, largely what I'm interested in is how people are dealing with, you know, this global pandemic and, and this thing that seems to, you know, worsen every day. And especially with no sports going on, it's just, it's, it's been a natural thing. And, um, you know, and I, I feel like I've been lucky to be, you know, like Sam has, um, you know, writing about some of the good parts, you know, um, some of the people kind of coming together to, uh, to try and get through this as well as possible. And I think you guys would all agree with this is that, you know, th there's some of our job that is like breaking down film and, you know, um, writing about whether Brad Keller is repeating his mechanics and, um, and stuff like that. But at the base of it, you're writing about people and, you know, I think that's what I'm trying to do now as well. It's just, you know, people that aren't professional. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would echo the last part of what Sam said. I mean, the part of my job that I've always really embraced the most is telling people stories um, more than the X's and O's of the game. Yeah. And, um, so in that manner, it, it still feels very similar to what it was. I mean, even on the cheese speed, I, I try, and, and we all do this, um, to, to tell the people stories on the cheese speed as, as much as anything else. And um, it, it, it doesn't really feel a lot big of a shift and I've certainly embraced it because it's, it's the biggest story, not just going on in Kansas city, but in the world right now. So, um, I guess why wouldn't you want, want to be a part of it if asked? I'll tell you, um, so like, like many other businesses, um, I mean, who doesn't have a Slack channel anymore? And of course we, we all, we have you know, Slack channels sure. and several, depending on what department you work in. And, um, but I've been, going on our breaking news Slack channel at the star. And what, what I see there just makes me so proud. And it amazes me too. I'll see reporters and editors who start having conversations early in the morning, very early in the morning. And then they're working throughout the day. And, and then, you know, in, at the end of the day, whatever that time is for them, they will, uh, they'll slack and I'm, I'm, I'm heading home now. And then there'll be a pause for about a half an hour and then they'll get right back on slack and say, okay, what else do you need me to do? And, um, and, and, and that goes on into the evening. And I just want to say, I, I think the, the work that you guys have done and, and the entire star, uh, Kansas city star has just been fantastic. And it, I've never, I've never believed more than I have in these last you know two weeks or so that local news is is a lifeline for for a lot of people it just is it's yeah. it is trustworthy it is accurate 
it is it, it is edited you know it goes through a lot of filters before it's out there and put out there and um it's just a you know none of us wants this to happen none of us wants to be a part of this thursday's opening day <laughs> supposed to be at Kauffman Stadium we'd all yeah. rather be there but um but look i um i uh I find myself on our website and, and reading our print product, spending more time than ever doing that. And I, and listen, I, I think that's true of all local news, and and I think many of national outlets are, are doing a, a, a great job. But I, I just have been, I just am extremely proud of the work that uh, that the Star has been doing here. Yeah, and there's there's not yeah there's not really a way to say it any better than that. Um, but I will. I will be the guy to uh, to add the plug because our our readership metrics show that everybody is consuming what the the new side's writing, and, and Sam and I have been a part of that, but probably a, a small part of it. When you look at the sheer amount of coverage that there's been yeah. from our news reporters, um, and I certainly hope people realize now that they need us in the community, and um, everybody knows what newspapers are going through right now, and it certainly would be great um, for those that can, because we certainly know that the people have been financially affected by this, but um, to subscribe, because we're doing this work all all year round, and we're, you know, we're, we've attacked this because it's the news going on right now, um, but our, our staff and that news site puts out incredible work all, all 12 months of the year. And it's uh, there's no charge right now for the online product, um, as as with the case with most newspapers. I know I've uh, I don't have a subscription to some of the to the New York Times, but uh, it's been free for the last few days. And um, most newspapers, I believe, have taken down their paywalls, as have the Star and all McClatchy newspapers. That's how important this is. And um, and I, I think in times of a you know, of, of, of an emergency or crisis. That's, that should be the case. And it is the case with, um, with the star and other McClatchy newspapers. So, okay, guys, Hey, I appreciate you spending some time, uh, talking about this. It's a little bit of a departure from our, from our usual conversation topics, but, uh, but thanks for doing it. And I'll talk to both of you guys again soon. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. That'll do it for today. Again, links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. And as mentioned earlier, there's no paywall for the website, so please stay informed and up-to-date on KansasCity.com. Thanks to producers Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the hat to Sam Mellinger and Sam McDowell for sharing their thoughts today. We'll be back on Tuesday for another Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening.